Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, Mike Molina, LA Nick, and Doug Sprinthal will be in in about a half an hour, which is good. He's Mr. Busy. Big shot. Big shot. He is. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience. And working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we paid the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. It's one of my favorite There's songs of all time. How did you know that? How did you know that's one of my favorite songs Great of all time? Great song. Good memory. And you know who sings that song? It's Buffalo Springfield is the group, but who's the lead singer? Stephen Stills. Very good. Stephen Stills wearing a cowboy hat, by the way. That's a timeless song right there. It is. It's a fantastic song. I've it's always fantastic. loved that song. Buffalo Springfield, For What It's Worth, is the name of the song. Great, great. And wasn't Richie Furey in that group as well? There were a bunch of really uh, big names in that group. Buffalo Springfield. Andy, would you look up the, the members of Buffalo Springfield, the rock group? That would be fantastic, as a matter of fact. So, Nick, you're not uh, on vacation from nothing again? <laughs> no, I, had, I went to the dentist for two to, uh, three days in a row. So you that went to the dentist for three days in a row? Yeah, that wasn't a good vacation. That cannot be... <sighs> you went to... Wait a minute. You went to Morocco to go to the dentist? No, I didn't. I went to the dentist here. In <laughs> oh, you didn't in, go to Morocco? Not yet. I went to the dentist in... Uh, oh. In, uh, <laughs> in 
some of the one of the suburbs here. And I think uh, Morocco just pulls your teeth, right? <laughs> well, you know what? A lot, a lot, believe it or not, a lot of people take dental trips and they go to certain countries to have te- their teeth done. My aunt went yeah. to Turkey and had her implants done in Turkey. And really? Yeah. Really? Because they're way did. cheaper, right? They're way cheaper and the, and the quality of work's the same. Um, but I, how I, do you know? Well, I mean, how do you really well, know? I, I'll tell you. So my mother-in-law, she lives on a border town of Mexico, Progreso, Mexico, and she goes to Progreso and gets her dental work done. So I was just down in Progreso, and all the dentists are American dentists. They just go over oh. there and open up practices because everybody that's retired in South Texas, they go across the border to get their teeth fixed. Is it just, really? Is it just cash only, it, or it, no? But but the, the the why it's so cheaper is they don't have the pay insurance for malpractice, right? Because you can't sue somebody there, and so the, it's a lot cheaper, it's like like half you the price. Ca- you cannot. You cannot sue anybody. Not nope. in Mexico. Not in Mexico. Oh, that. What happens if they do something bad? You're screwed. Up. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's half That's the price. Just how it is. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess well. And even I, in, I even know, in I mean, the states, it, when I first started looking at getting implants, it was like twenty five hundred dollars a tooth, and now it's down to about eleven hundred bucks. So, really? an, an implant is a crown? No, an implant or is no, actually they is drill it? a hole in your jawbone, and right. they put a, and they actually put a socket in there, like a like a socket that snaps in, like a snap. Yep. And then yep. they snap the tooth into place, and it's a titanium socket. And uh, just that little uh, tiny piece that goes in your jawbone is $1,000. Why do you want that? Oh, well, that's, a, that's a really good way to do it. If you have bad, a, bad really teeth, a bad tooth that can't be saved and you, don't, you, oh. you want a tooth. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> yeah. thought they could just cap like anything. Well, here's no. the problem. You put a crown on it. Well, here's the problem. Once you get a tooth that goes bad and you get the two teeth next to it, grind down the nubs to get a cap and a bridge, then those two teeth right. end up going yep. bad because bacteria gets underneath that cap. And it's, it's yeah, a bridges snowball. are not great. Right. It's a snowball effect, and eventually all your teeth go bad. Oh. And I, Other than that, though. Yeah. So I went to uh, – I shopped around, went to a bunch of different – well, I didn't shop around. I went and visited a d- different dentist, and I didn't like any of them. And I finally found one that I liked. And uh, – oh, We have a good dentist. I went with him. And he did it. Doug he did a Champ great job. Is our guy? Yeah, I used. Well, I'm glad to. Doctor Ishmael at Aspen Dental in Brooklyn Center, and they treated me well. Well, well I'm glad to hear that. See, there you go. Aspen yeah. Dental. I see their commercials on TV all the time. Yep. They treated me well. He I did, think it's it, interesting. What I liked about it is they had everything in house. They have a lab in house. So they make your stuff right there, right then. Yeah. You don't have to wait. That's a good plan. Yeah, everybody oh, else, you have good. to wait two weeks. I'm like, I ain't waiting to walk around with no tooth for two weeks. Yeah, I cracked a cracked a tooth, and I don't I don't know what I have a cra- a crown or a cap. Well, I don't I, know what it is. I got all my bottom. But it was a long, drawn out process. Yeah, I got all my bottoms done, and I got it done got it done in three days. Oh, really? Yep. And it doesn't hurt that much. I heard it does not hurt at all. Today, no. I have some swelling of my lower jaw, but that's uh, normal. But no, no pain. Very little. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. And I tell that's you, I, what look, I, hear. I, I look a lot younger. What? Yeah, because you got new teeth, and it, they pushed. I got them to do them a little bit thicker, so it pushed my, cheek, my cheeks out a little bit. So it got rid of some wrinkles. Well, listen, look at you. Really? 
Yeah, that was my idea. That was my idea. I said, hey, can you make them a little thicker so it pushes my cheeks out a little bit? (laughs) And they said, okay? Yeah, they said, no problem. We do that all the time. And so they did it. Well, you can go to to Dr. Basham and he can fill up your cheeks with fat. Yeah, I I did it the easier way. (laughs) I don't know. Well, you going to stay loyal to the brand or not? I mean, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, so in any case, ladies and gentlemen, Doug Sprinthal will be in at about uh, 1230, he says today, because he's at the auto show. Oh. Big so show. Uh, that's that deal. You know, it's interesting because I, 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 I made an edict on the KQ Morning Show this morning. I said, I don't want to hear anybody's politics on this show anymore. I don't want to hear it. Uh, it's just, it's not a political show. We, as a matter of fact, last fall said no more politics. People are still doing their politics. You look at the headlines today. Uh, I'm looking at the headlines right now. Black kids don't want to read about Harriet Tubman all the time. I don't, don't? want to discuss it. I don't want to discuss <laughs> the politics of it. Louis Farrakhan endorsement of Tamika Mallory sparks outrage. I don't want to just talk about Louis Farrakhan either. Wait, he's still alive? Oh, yeah. He's like 82 or 83 or something, but he still hates Jews and calls them satanic Jews. He hates everyone except black people? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I, you, everybody's got their political views and their racial views and their gender views and their orient, orientation views. I don't want to hear it. It's an entertainment show. Shut up, right? I say the same thing with Facebook. Well, I'm tired of seeing it. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. The problem is, is that that's we're a nation that's obsessed. Yeah. So if you you know you want to talk about anything, it, politics is interjected into everything. Well, I think it because is. the media sensationalizes everything so much yep. that everybody's hooked on it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's funny because today on the KQ Morning Show, uh, sadly we have to an- announce the death. You probably everybody probably heard, oh, but uh, Stephen yeah. Hawking died at 76 oh, years old yesterday. I know that. Did you yes. hear what he's? He he actually was very funny. Did any? I don't know if people know that about him. He was very him. funny. Yeah, he said that it was really hard to be a celebrity because even if you wore a wig and a <laughs> people would a wig and dark glasses, people the the wheelchair always gave him away. I don't know how you knew it was me. <laughs> he was the greatest. Funny. Did, he, did he die of? Uh, his motor neuron disease, have, or is that something else? God, they have know. not released it yet. Oh, he was 70, supposed, wasn't he? Was supposed to be, he was supposed to die like 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 53 years ago. Yeah, he, he was, told him He's he 76. Oh, he made it to 76. Yep. Pretty good. Yeah, I think he might be one of the longest living people with... Uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Yep. Because usually he... the life expectancy is like, you know, Two five years. years. Yeah. So I wonder if he was using himself as a test case. It's possible. Until... Possible. And yeah. And we'll find out what he did afterward now that he, he's gone. Yeah, he contracted motor neuron disease at twenty one years old when he was a graduate student. And they gave him two years to live, which means he would have died at 23. He outlived his diagnosis by fifty three years. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. And got divorced. His wife left him for another guy, and then he married another woman. So, I mean, mm. he married a couple of times, and uh, one of the greatest minds of all time. But what's fascinating is the Division Bell, Pink Floyd, great album, came out in 1994. So that album's been out for, uh, what now, 24 years? Mm-hmm. 24 years. I played the song Keep Talking, which Stephen Hawking 
is the voice on Keep Talking. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Fantastic, fantastic song. Didn't know that. But he does, yeah, he does the narration for the song Keep Talking. And he says over and over in the song, all we need to do is keep talking. And we've stopped talking to one another. I mean, he told us a quarter of a century ago, all we got to do is keep talking. But we don't listen. We, if we talk to each other, we could iron everything out. Everything would be, would be good. And if it's impossible to deal with, then you need to be put in a, a, a special place. As far you know, politically, I'm talking, where you're unreasonable. You can't be dealt with, so you're not part of the argument. I'm sorry, you're just too extreme. You're too crazy. Uh, you can't be dealt with. You will not talk to people, so you're not part of the mix anymore. You're out of the equation. Well, I don't even know right? about just politics. Even just socially, it's hard to talk to anybody. They have headphones on, their face is buried in their phone. I know. Well, you're right. That's a very good point. Mike, would you do me a favor? Would you jot down on uh, on March 14th, 2018, uh, L.A. Nick made a good point? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that, actually? I made a comment on my Facebook page why the other day. Why I do this show? <laughs> hey, why is anybody doing the... You I've like been, the abuse. I've been saying the same thing for 32 why? years on the Cakey Morning Show, and they keep doing it. <laughs> why? What are we saying? I was saying that I made a point on my Facebook page the other day about how I, there's been four or five times in the last month where I've seen people on their cell phones just absolutely cursing and screaming and carrying on. One, a woman was carrying a baby, and she was just, I mean, honestly, it was... I see really that every second language. downtown Minneapolis. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it's I like, bet. why do these people think that they can walk around on their cell phones just using the F word and any, every other bad word that they can come up with and screaming? And they're screaming. So it's not like, you, it's not like you're mm-hmm. eavesdropping. I, you I'm can't guessing, not I'm hear I'm guessing them. you don't use mass transit at all. Oh, God, no. Oh, there's some language on that. Because that's all that's going on. Somebody's screaming at somebody's mommy's, baby's mommy, baby's daddy on their phone. I don't understand how that's okay. I mean, that's like abusive to the child. Well, bad behavior has become acceptable. It has. Well, Catherine was just talking before the show about jaywalking now is no longer illegal. They're saying it's racist. They're saying it's racist if you make it illegal, and therefore... If you hit someone who's jaywalking, it's your fault. Well, I, okay. I, have, I have, down Plymouth Avenue, had to slam my brakes on, come to screeching halt, because people just walk out, you know, how cars are parked on the road, right? And they're coming in between two cars, and they just walk out. They don't even look. Right. Well, that's California law. I mean, it's law. terrifying. California law is the driver has to stop, period. Yeah, but if, if they're in the middle of the street and they're walking out between two cars or in front of a, or in not, not you know, like a truck is there, and you aren't, you can't expect to have a sight line and somebody just walks across the street because they think that that's just the way it's supposed to be, it's, it's terrifying. I mean, these laws, jaywalking laws, are designed to protect pedestrians yeah, right in, in LA mm-hmm. pedestrians have the right of way at all costs they should have God. the right of way but they shouldn't also step between cars blindly into traffic good plan That's I don't know just dumb people <laughs> well, it is I see it all the time it's insane there's a lot of As dumb people of <laughs> well two-thirds of people on earth again are morons sorry <sighs> it's just true they have to build a compound yeah. Uh, three we fours. Have to build. It's three <laughs> fours now. 
You're going up to three-fourths now. <laughs> it's no longer two-thirds. It's now three-fourths. Almost four-fifths. Almost. Um, we're, we're, we're moving the wrong way. That's the, that's the problem. There. But yeah, as far as going back to communicating, nobody communicates anymore properly. No, all. they don't. No. Communication has come to a problem. halt. Well, no, I, I think that's true. And I think that part of the problem is you've got 15 different methods of communication. You've got Facebook Messenger and textbook and Facebook things and Twitter and a phone call and a text message and a voicemail. It's like, oh, my God. One of, one of the most, I can't keep track of it all. One of the, my favorite chapters in my book is the, the, the chapter is called The Power to Communicate. And without communication, you're done. Yeah, it's true. I agree. Again, Stephen Hawking said it 24 years ago and keep talking, and we just ignore it. Because as you said, you got earbuds in, you get, you're staring at your telephone, you don't want to talk to anybody without screaming at them, you won't listen to anybody else's ideas. Uh, we've returned, we're animals again. Well, isn't, it so, uh, like, isn't that a trait of sociopaths, to be disconnected yes. from the yeah. world around them? Sure is. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we'll be right back. We'll keep talking. Right after this, Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed. And I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so called up the folks at Whiting Clinic, and they helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to reserve today. Space is limited, so don't delay. That's 855-555-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. For millions of years, mankind lived just like the animals. There it is. Stephen Hawking dead at 76. Brilliant man. Loved. His movie was fantastic. His, his writings were unbelievable. The guy was a... I mean, imagine being that smart and you can't even move. Think about that. Yeah, if he, Good God. Be t- I think it'd be tough. Really tough. Yeah. I would be think heading so. off the next cliff. Yeah, but he didn't. That's, well, that's the great right. thing about it. A lot of people he would. He didn't. Yeah, he never yeah. stopped working. He never stopped working. He never stopped talking. That was the good thing about it. Did you guys see there, the, the, fight, the fight over Charles Manson's body ended yesterday? Oh, yeah, the, grandfa- the grandson, grandson got him. grandson, yeah. 
And his grandson said, my supposed monstrous grandfather. Oh. Supposed. He killed what? seven people. Yeah, he had seven people. Actually, didn't you, Andy, you said a total of nine people he had massacred. Yeah, the seven everyone knows about and then two others. And then two others he murdered. What's the, what's the, what's the, the reason to get the bodies? Is it to get, this, to get the estate? To get the rights to Charles well, Manson? They think. There's speculation. So he says, no, it's a lie. It's not going to happen. But a lot of people are speculating he wants the body so he can take pictures of it and sell them. Oh, because there are creepers <laughs> out there that, yeah. I would, uh, think the, I would think the victims' families would get all that money. You yes, think. you would think. That's a good point. Uh, but uh, Charles, uh, yeah, he lived to be, what, 83 or something? Yeah. yeah. It shows you right there there's no justice in the world. Stephen Hawking <laughs> lives to be 76, and Charles Manson lives to be 83. Well, he did spend it in prison. Yeah, that's true. He got full, med- so he got full medical and everything in there. Yeah, he got full medical. He got, uh, you know, he got his coins he could put uh, in the canteen. Did he have cantina. nice, shiny teeth? I'm sure he did. <laughs> oh, prisoners get treated very well in prison, actually. Well, believe it very, or not, very, very well. People sent him money. A lot of different. A lot of people oh. sent Charles Manson money. Oh, God. He, he was actually pretty oh, wealthy God. in prison. I can't take it anymore. That's all. I, my favorite of what's, all time was when reasoning? we'd go visit uh, a friend who was in prison. No names mentioned. Uh, there was a guy in there, a Native American guy in there with him that was doing double life. He was never going to get out. And in his cantina fund, which most people have about 20 bucks in their cantina fund, you know, you get these little special coins to buy bags of potato chips or a can of pop or whatever. Uh, people from the outside, you can they contribute money and they put it in your cantina fund. And uh, this guy, because he was never going to get out, but he was still a full member and I don't even remember which tribe it was. Uh, he had seven and a half million dollars in his cantina account. <laughs> oh, he could buy the prison. A lot of potato chips. He could buy the prison. He could buy the prison. Exactly. Buy the prison. <laughs> Start his own private but prison. He, isn't that uh, unbelievable? But yeah, Manson had like it women, women trying to marry him for the last twenty-five oh, yeah. years. Oh, all kinds God. of stuff. God. Didn't some girl? Oh, yeah. Didn't some girl marry him? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, he got married Anything in prison. Anything for a moment of fame. I think... Gives us women a very bad name. Catch me out, how about that? <laughs> well, there she is right now. Catch me out, Is that your urban voice there, little girl? Really, is that your urban voice? Well, I think they say ma- most mass murderers that are in prison get a lot of women writing to them and wanting yep. to marry them. Which I think is pretty Why? strange, man. Because they're sick. The Why? bottom ten percent of society yeah. doesn't even—they don't think; they just do. They're like yeah. insects. I understand. Uh, no maybe about they it. think they can change. That's them. what I was just going to say. Is a lot that. of women think they can fix somebody. Yeah. Well, why bother? <laughs> why? Though? Why do you want to? Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. Oh, never mind. He didn't no, get married in prison. He didn't. Oh, he, didn't? he almost did, I think. Well, he. They wanted to marry oh. him, but they wouldn't let him. Yeah, no. He wow, his, his photo on his Wikipedia page is basically the textbook mm. photo of mass murderer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks, yeah. <laughs> it looks bad. You know, I got to uh, look, look, Mike and L.A., uh, if it would have been me, Catherine, before she agreed to marry, she's got. I'm sorry, but the swastika on your forehead's got to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, he was engaged. To a 26-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And he was 83? Wow. She, she wasn't that bad-looking either. 
That was in 2014, no. and then I guess he died. So. Doesn't matter how pretty she is, if she's crazy, she's crazy. Extremely crazy, apparently. So, you know, yeah, he was about the crazy. size of a pe- he yes. was about the size of a peanut, and people were afraid of him. I'll never understand that. What are you afraid? Why would you be afraid of him? Because he's a mass murderer. I still can't figure out Ugh. how that whole how that whole thing even happened. Like, how did he control so yeah. many people? He just knew what to say. I, I guess he was very, very charming. I, a lot of people that are followers. It shows you, though, back in, the, back in the day, when I was a teenager, as a matter of fact, I do remember thinking when I was about 15 or 16, this is so cool, the hippies, they just want to live in love and peace, and we want to share the land, and it's going to be so cool. It'll all be just one big society. And then also about three months later, I went, <laughs> These people are all drug dealers. Every one of them's a drug dealer. Weren't they all doing LSD? <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. But they're all making a ton selling drugs and killing other people. That's really nice. Nice. Yeah, we're all going to live together, except for you, because you died of a drug overdose. Yeah. And now we got the same thing with the uh, opioid crisis. Same story going on again all these years later. What are you going to do, right? It would be ni- wouldn't it be nice if you could actually look at life and say, hey, we're all going to live together. We're all going to get along. Uh, you know, you maybe, I don't know about capping people's income. I don't know about that or whatever. I don't know how the hell they'd pull that off because there are people not worth $120 billion. Yeah, that's too much power for any one person to have. That's a lot of power, man, having $120 billion. You own Amazon, which is television, which is movies. It's endless. Which is- it's endless. It's endless. Endless. It is endless what he owns. Uh, And the amazing thing is, none of it was his idea. He just used other people's ideas better than they did. But that's That's exactly what what everybody uh, does. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Facebook did. That's what Facebook did. That's That's what everybody does. That's what. That's what. Well, I mean, everybody steals everybody's ideas and makes them better. Yeah, Einstein, it was his wife that came up with most of those theories. Hey, I actually was going to say Edison. Well, Edison, Edison yep. stole everything he came out with. <laughs> oh, Edison stole everything. That That is true. Uh, Edison knew how the law worked very well. Yeah, he did, absolutely. And he made a lot of money off of it. But it wasn't. it's also a myth that, that Thomas Edison was anti-Semitic, wasn't it? I think so. It was, it was, I'm pretty sure that that was a I know. myth. It was I know the Walt Disney thing isn't true. It was Henry Ford. It was who? Henry Ford, yeah. He and he and Edison were Henry Ford was a... And he and yeah, Edison were, were buddies. buddies. Yeah, basically the problem was he and Edison, they would like write letters back and forth, and Ford would be like, so what do you think about Jews? And, you know, Edison would try to skirt the issue. You know what I'd say if I were Thomas Edison? Why don't you ask your buddy Adolf Hitler? Because yeah. yeah, I know you're staying... Because Ford did talk to Hitler. Mm-hmm. Did he really? Yeah, they were actually friends. So they had that series, that miniseries, "The Men Who Built America." Did you guys right. watch that? Yeah, yeah that was that. a great series. Now, now they have a new one out, "The Men Who Built America: The Pioneer Days," and it's just oh, as good. I and I just watched Daniel Boone. And Daniel Boone was amazing, man. I didn't know what this guy went through. He went through like pff, none of us would last one day of his life. The guy Daniel trailed the path across America and. Got kidnapped by his daughter. Got kidnapped by Indians. He rescued his daughter. He had to go through the gauntlet. This thing is this called the gauntlet of like a thousand Indians where they beat the crap out of you. And he made it. Oh. Like he survived it all. And he lived to be in his eighties. Lived to be in his eighties. Didn't 80s. he wind up in the? Was he in the U.S. Senate? No. 
sure? I'm not sure. Mm, I'm not sure. But it, it didn't say that in the in the miniseries. Maybe it was Davy Crockett. Or was that Davy Crockett? I think it might have been Davy Crockett. I get them all mixed sure. up. But I'll tell That's you, really that, weird that to guy me. was tough, tough, tough. That's a good thing. The guy that the thing that amazes me is, do you know who John Wayne, as a very young man when he went to Hollywood, who kind of tutored him how to do cowboy movies? No. Yeah. He had a he had an inspiration, and a guy actually tutored him because he was helping people out in Hollywood. Was it Wyatt John Wayne? For, it was Wyatt Earp. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, Wyatt Earp did a lot in Hollywood for what, what Western actors, and he li- he lived to be pretty in you know pretty late. He lived in the, into the. He did. I think what, what year did he die? It was late. It was like you wouldn't think it would be that late. Nineteen forties or something. Yeah, it was pretty late. Yeah. It you, was pretty late. You think of Wyatt Earp, you think you know eighteen hundreds, and that he'd yeah. be long dead in nineteen forties, but. He was around for motion pictures. This podcast is way more interesting than Sandy's. I just <laughs> got here from the auto show. So I've got Sandy's up there, me and Brian Miller, and then the president of the Minnesota Auto Dealers Association. And Sandy asked the following question. Uh, which dealer in the Twin Cities is the most corrupt? I'm like, Bob. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Scott well, Knight. he's an investigative we Delicately reporting. answered. Well, he's in a halfway house, actually. Damn it, Bob. He's getting out real soon. Well, he, he's, he's in a halfway house. In yeah, he's getting in, out real soon. Yeah. yeah, he's getting out. I have a question for you. Yes. Did he own an Adelac K dealership? <laughs> <laughs> he was a very good person. That's what I understand. Just a, he was a good buddy of Plukey Dukes, from what I heard. Yep, that's right. That's all I heard. That's exactly I right. So a we won't times. say he was always nice. Well, wait a second. Now, now, how long has he been in prison? A while. I, I, I think he went years. in and oh. ten years. No, it hasn't been ten. I no. think he went in and eleven or twelve. So I think he's been in six or seven. So years. I got it. Because <laughs> he went what in right the, after I moved here, like a year after I moved here. What was the key to the whole problem? <laughs> Thank you very much. Great <laughs> Drop them like they're hot. Uh. <laughs> oh, God, I love Messer. So, Sandy actually asked the president of the Dealers Association who the most corrupt dealer is. Fortunately, this guy's Boy. kind of a friend of mine. He's really quick on his feet, and he's very diplomatic, so he oh. sidestepped. What did he say? What? Well, oh, we okay. both said that the most corrupt uh, auto dealer is in a halfway house in the Twin Cities. Everybody knew who we were talking about. <laughs> It's not really a secret. <laughs> no, it it's not. not a secret. No. What happened Absolutely with all not. those? I mean, did with they all, what? all those dealerships? Did they get confiscated? What happens no, when somebody? somebody... Bought them. Oh, okay. Yeah, some are, are permanently closed. He had a lot of stuff that was really yeah, kind of third tier stuff. They're like Chrysler stores in the outskirts of towns, and they, they never opened. Yeah. Uh, the big ones were really uh, the Chevy store, which the Mowers bought from the factory, and then um, ah, the Toyota right. store in Invergrove Heights that uh, the Maplewood Toyota group bought. Because so it's not easy to, to open a dealership, right? You have yeah, to, I mean, the, there's a the lot factory of has to approve you, so you need a, a, a can't say the re- real word, a lot of money, and you also have to have a <laughs> lot of uh, business experience in the automobile business. Right. In other words, yeah, makes sense. there's only a few people that can pull off not having that, and it's like Warren Buffett. But he hired a whole bunch of car guys, and he said, all right, we're going to buy the biggest privately held auto group in the uh, United States. Is right. The Van Tile organ- no, it was Van Tile organization. And it oh, was 100 Tile, okay. and bought 130 dealerships one day, but that's wow. Warren Buffett. My God. Not oh, my us mere mortars. 
I still, I still, every time I hear Chevrolet and Maurer, I think of that guy called in to the KQ Morning Show, and you've heard it. Awesome. I don't know if L.A. Nick's heard it. One of the greatest of all time. Guy calls, he goes, hey, Tommy, how you doing? I go, not bad. He goes, hey, I pulled one up. It was the same guy who, by the way, snarfed Jesse Ventura. You know what snarfing yes, is? Yes, I do. No. I learned that from I don't. Ed, Ed He calls show. me. Catherine, hey, you Tommy. just don't listen. You don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> Tommy. I just, I just snarfed the governor, man. I, I did it for you. I did it all for you. I go, okay, well, thank you. Snarfing is when you stick your hand down your pants. Catherine's going to uh, Women you. or men can do it. They stick your hand down your pants and kind of rub everything down oh. there and then shake hands with someone. <laughs> uh, How horrible is that? Smell never so he, comes snarfed, out. Oh. he snarfed the governor. Can't you get a whiff of it before it happens? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> But the same guy calls <laughs> a few years later. He goes, hey, Tommy, Tommy, I did another favor for you. I said, yeah, yeah, what'd you do? And he goes, I called Maurer Chevrolet. And I said, hey, let me ask you a question. Unlike your brother, do your cars start every day? <laughs> oh. There was a guy when That's we were terrible. setting up at the so, auto show. He was a, a security guard. And he comes up and he goes, hey, Sandy, Smith, how are you? I got, a, I got a joke for you. What's six inches long and goes in your mouth? Uh, like, oh, jeez. What? Well, a lot of people think it would be a penis, but it's a toothbrush. It's like, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> oh, God. Well, a lot of people would think. Well, thank you, sir. That's uh, what a lot of people would think. We will take a quick break. Obviously, Doug Sprinthal has joined us for the rest of the show here. We'll be right back. Special guest Jim Beaver up next. Big shot actor up next. Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable. Stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com.
What do you think of that action, ladies and gentlemen? That's all I have to say to you. You can't think of cars without the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. I get around and Little Deuce Coop and a lot of car car songs. I had a 32 Coop. A lot of car songs. You what? I had a 32 Coop. You did? Yeah, for a long time. I drove it. I drove it uh, from West Palm up to Philadelphia to see my parents, and it was not winter yet. It was like just right before winter, and I hit North Carolina. It was the worst ice storm in, in American history. <laughs> oh God! Now I'm gonna I'm gonna chop 32 Ford with like a five inch high windshield. It was uh, not a fun trip. No. No, it doesn't sound like it. Jim, nope. ready to go? Uh huh. Jim Beaver, how how are you, Jim? Very good, thank you. I'm glad to hear it. Supernatural star Jim Beaver on the deadly series Apocalypse World Vision of Bobby. Supernatural airs Thursdays at 8 p.m. on the CW. Uh, Man, you've been in a lot. How how long have you been acting, Jim? Well, I did my first professional play in 1972, so what is it, 46 years? Good God, that's amazing. I mean, you've been in everything. I'm I'm looking at your bio. And you've been in some of the greatest TV shows of all time. Deadwood, oh my. I, I won't spend a lot of time on this, I promise, Jim, but I'm a huge Deadwood fan. Was that thing as phenomenal to shoot as it, as it was to watch? Yeah, that was, that was the single greatest experience of my career. Um, I, uh, I would have happily done Deadwood for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was such a rich experience both in terms of what we got to play, what the stories we told, uh, the language, the dialogue, the, the characterizations, and the company. It was uh, it was just splendid all the way around. I don't think any of us who were on that show uh, will ever have, will ever let it take second place in our affections. Well, it won't take second place in my affection either, and I had nothing to do with it other than watch it. <laughs> so... That's pretty much the deal. There, a lot of great acting in it. There, there I, you know, Timothy Oliphant is, went on to do Justified and the, the whole deal. Just, I just wanted to point that out. And I, I'm sorry to spend some time on uh, on uh, a series that hasn't been around for a while. But I just, I think, I think you do know that pretty much everybody out there is a huge Deadwood fan. And well, Supernatural's been around for how long now? Too. That's about the same time period. Isn't We're it? in our thirteenth. 13th season. 13th season. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to believe. Uh, um, uh, I don't think anybody uh, associated with the show expected it to have this kind of life. But uh, uh, it's it's surely the most popular thing I've ever been associated with. I think, and um, uh, and it's been it's been a lot of fun too. Well, that's the whole deal. Born in Laramie, Wyoming, a minister's son. He was raised in and around Irving, Texas, a suburb of Dallas. I think Dallas Cowboys know something about that. Following high school and a year of college, he joined the Marine Corps, and I wanted to read that part. Served as a radio man with the 1st Marine Division in Vietnam. It was my great honor. We were just, uh, uh, the the show took a bunch of people to uh, Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic. Beautiful beaches and all the rest of it. And this uh, young man and young woman... Uh, we're sitting in the audience. We're doing a couple of radio shows for them, and I interviewed them. And uh, they'd been together for quite some time, but they weren't married yet. 
And I said, oh, that's interesting. I said, tell me something else about yourself. And they both were United States Marines. Both of them, the man and the woman, were both United States Marines. And I said, i got to be honest with you. It's time for you to get married. And they said, well, when? I said, today. Uh. And Mike, the, the man, says to me, well, will you be my best man? I said, got to be my honor to be your best man. So just last uh, Thursday, I guess it was, yeah, just not quite a week ago, I stood as best man in a United States Marine Corps male, marrying a United States Marine Corps female in uh, a marriage ceremony on the beach in Punta Cana, Dominican Republic, and it was one of the most touching things of all time. So a couple of your fellow Marines wow. are very, very happy today, I will tell you that, Jim. Oh, well, that's terrific. And by the way, he had to point out during his little part of it that she outranked him in the Marine Corps. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> so it was fantastic. Yeah, you've had quite a life. I mean, spending time in uh, Vietnam, Radio Man, 1st Marine Division. Uh, then you went uh, went on to go do some college uh, time in Oklahoma. You said you, you did your first stage play, what did you say, in 72? Is that what you said? Seventy-two, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's wonderful. So uh, you've pretty much lived the life yeah. you've wanted to live. It sounds like to me. I mean, pretty much so. You know, um, there are an awful lot of people who set out on the path I set out on, who are gifted and talented and uh, smart and attractive, who don't get the opportunities that fell into my lap. I, I'm I'm very grateful for this career. I have gotten to do a great deal of of the things that I I wanted to, and a lot of things I never imagined would be possible for me. So uh, uh, it's been a fun ride so far. Well, it's a lot of work, but it takes a lot of talent to do it, and you did both. You worked hard, and you got a lot of talent, so that's the way life is supposed to work out. doesn't always for everybody, because I think anybody who is successful no. needs to admit there's a bit of luck involved, too, but it is the hard work and the talent, yep. and then you add a little bit of luck to that, and there you are. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, uh, uh, luck plays an awfully large uh, part in it. I... Uh, uh, I, I I hate to think I'd have had to make uh, make this career based purely on my own good looks or ability. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I think both are insufficient to the task. <laughs> well, um, we're shoulder to shoulder on that one, pal. So it all works out in the end. You're talking to the right guy about that. Supernatural airs on Thursdays at 8 p.m. on the CW. So you tell you tell the story about Bobby Singer coming back back again. And supernatural. What's co- what's coming on, uh, up in the season? Well, um, uh, as as viewers of the show know, uh, the the personification of Bobby Singer currently on display is one who exists in an alternate universe. So he doesn't know all the same things or the same people that uh, the old familiar Bobby uh, does. And um, he lives in a much bleaker world, uh, a post-apocalyptic world. And uh, he's, uh, uh, but he's still the same tough, tough-minded, uh, gruff but vaguely lovable uh, character that uh, uh, I think fans are used to seeing. He's just uh, uh, 
and uh, and viewers of the show have seen seen him a couple of times now. And uh, although I can't tell you what's coming up, I know that uh, that he'll be back soon. So um, stay tuned. That's what everybody will do. What, what do you think it is about Supernatural? As you said, you're in the 13th season. Um, is there one or two things about Supernatural that really grab people's attention? Because as you said at the beginning of the interview, well, you didn't really expect it to go 13 seasons, but I, I suppose you'd never expect any series to go 13 seasons. What do you think grabbed the people? No. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I went to my first, uh, fan convention for Supernatural uh, a few years ago, and I was really surprised by the number of people who told me that they would watch the show even if it didn't have monsters and demons in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that the big draw for them was the relationship between the two brothers who are the lead characters in the show and uh, the, the people around them. And that for them... The, the relationships, the character development, were, uh, the sense of family were just as important, if not more so, than the adventure and the monsters. So that was kind of eye-opening for me. And, uh, and I think that's really been what's been behind the success of the show, is that uh, people relate not just to the stories and the plots and the adventures, but to the people in the show. Um, uh, Fans seem to have very, very deep attachments to the characters in this show. And that's and what it takes. I'm just lucky to have been one of them. That is what it takes, I think. You have to have some kind of connection with characters to watch the show. Um, well, I, first of all, obviously, thank you for your service in Vietnam, your service to, to your country. I watch Blue Bloods every Friday because not I'm not a cop, mm-hmm. but I do agree with the way... Uh, Tom Selleck's character thinks. He tries to be fair to, to both uh-huh. sides of an issue, and that's what attracted me. His character is very, very fair-minded, so I watch every episode. I think that's what it's all about, is the, the character character uh-huh. development and the well-played uh, uh, parts by people. It's, it's a, what great TV is. We have a caller for Jim. Oh, Jim, do you mind taking a call? Not at all. All right, who we have on the phone? Wendy. Wendy, 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 Jim, hey Jim, Wendy. Hi. Hi. Jim, I am so happy that you came back to Supernatural. I was just thrilled when I saw you and super excited because you're one of my favorite characters. Well, thank you. I'm I'm one of my favorite characters. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the thing that you were talking about, how the fans have deep attachment, I think, and a matter of fact, I think it's a line Bobby actually said in the show, family always has your back and it feels like you know it's people that weren't family to begin with except for the brothers they are that you know they're together with other people going through the same things and it's it's the you know just a family of strangers who support each other and it's it it really resonates among a lot of the fans it's a, a really cool thing to see i think you're right i i i've i've noticed that in all of my interactions with the fans of the show that that uh, uh, they all seem uh, to, to feel not only connected to the show but to each other absolutely and, uh, uh, that the uh, my, my great line on the show family don't end with blood seems to have really taken root among the fandom of this show and it does. Uh, I, I think, think it's one of the strengths of the show 
the thing that's going to keep it running for a long I, time. I think we have a T-shirt that says that on it somewhere around here. <laughs> well, he, he he ran. I think you ran a you ran a represent campaign for it, didn't you? Yeah, we I uh, uh, we we did use that slogan on a on a T-shirt. I was raising money for. Uh, um, a, a charity that gives away free food and clothing to uh, uh, people in the in the Cherokee Nation. Um, nice. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a good phrase, and uh, it 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 transcends the show itself. Cool. Well, I'm gonna let you get back to your interview, but I just want to thank you so much for coming on. I absolutely love the show, and for your service in Vietnam. I mean, welcome home. Thank you very much. That means Thanks, a lot. Jim. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. Jim, uh, isn't that one of the greatest parts of, of, of that job? The job you have is that uh, your character, once again, you connect with the character. So you're Jim Beaver, but you're also Bobby. And I think that's it. It just connected really strongly with uh, Wendy. I don't. She probably didn't know you. Uh, you were a radio man with the First Marine Division of Vietnam, and now she does, and it means a lot to her. It means a lot to all of us. I, I, that's why I love doing these interviews, Jim. I'll tell you, I love doing these interviews. Oh well, thank you. I I, uh, I appreciate all that very much. It's uh, it's one of the joys of my job is that every once in a while people uh, tell me that they appreciate my work, and I suppose if you're putting fenders on Chevys, there's not a lot of people calling up radio stations to tell you they like your work. Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey. Uh, um, I'm very grateful. Jim, you're a good man. I- I'd love to talk to you again soon. You do a terrific interview, sir, and thank you very much for your time today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Jim Beaver, ladies and gentlemen, Supernatural star Jim Beaver. Bobby is back, back again. What do you think of that action? Uh, what a hell of a nice man! I love his voice. He sounds like um, one of these, he sounds you know. like what he looks like. Sounds very he sounds grounded. Just like, uh, he does, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, like very. He wise sounds like and Sam grounded. Elliott. <laughs> yep, I love him. I, Wyoming I man. So we're Doug, all grounded. Doug, I have to. I have nine seconds to ask you a question. Could I guess who was moving his mic around that entire interview? <laughs> I didn't, my headphones weren't even on my head. They're hey, on the table. Here we go. Yes, here but every time go. you move them, it makes a noise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back, Tom Bernard. Molina.